and welcome to a Daily Record, special Daily Record podcast. Uh, you join myself, Keith Jackson, and Scott McDermott of the Sunday Mail. Scott has asked me to come with him into this room where apparently the podcasts are done because he needs to speak to me about some <laughs> a subject very close to his heart, and that is the state, Scott, of Rangers heading into the new season. Have you seen much of them? Where are they at? How concerned should Rangers fans be given the way last season ended and also the the false start that was made in the Europa League qualifiers? I think I think there'll be a lot less concern now than they were after the Luxembourg game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, let's not get carried away. It's only friendlies they've played in the last couple of weeks, but I've seen them in two 90 minutes now against Marseille and Sheffield Wednesday. Decent opposition, you would have to say. And in this new... I say new, it's the oldest formation in the book, really. It's kind of mm. flat, 4 4 2. 4 4 2 with a variation, is it not? It's a little tweak here and a tweak there. Well, I mean, well, a tweak, if you think your two, your two wide men being very narrow and being willing to come in field, uh, or if you think you're your second striker, i.e., Kenny Muller, kind of dropping back in when you've not got a ball. Are both strikers not doing that? Miller mostly. I mean, Herrera's played the two games I've seen, and he's clearly he's a, a target man. Um, I mean, talking about Rangers fans being concerned. I mean, probably one of the worries they'll have is about a couple of the new guys that, that have come in because Herrera, for instance, I don't think has shown any real goal threat mm-hmm. yet, which would be a concern. What has he shown? He's shown that he's a decent target man, and, has he? and, and you can hit him and. I think he's shown signs of you know, a potential partnership with Miller in terms of kind of linking with him. But in the two games I mentioned, I don't remember him having a shot on target or a, an attempt at goal. Uh, Does he lack pace? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. And, and that, to me, as much as Rangers look improved uh, over these two or three bounce games that they've played, I think... One of the things they're still lacking is a threat in the final third. And by that I mean pace, creativity, someone who could go and win a game on their own if you're kinda if you're up against it. I mean, people might argue Cranchar can provide that, but He's been playing on the left hand side. Yeah, he played left wing against Marseille. He came on uh, he came off the bench at Hillsborough on, on Sunday. Um but the fascinating one in that regard is probably Josh Windass because I mean a few weeks ago I think most people would have said he was on his way out. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was the general consensus one. Well, he was on the list. Uh, he was on a list of players that was yeah. handed out, even though his father took to Twitter in a very I don't know how you would describe it. Uh, um, Ill thought out manner to suggest that the story wasn't true. The story was true. There was a list of players, and unfortunately for Dean Windass, his son's name was on it. Now, that's not to say that George Windass hasn't done enough yeah. over the, the last few weeks to to get his way back into the plans, but there's a few there on who were on the list at the end of the season yeah. who remain there just now. But George Windass is an interesting one because he does seem to be, you know, Honestly, he's, kept, he's kept his foot in the door. Jacko, as recently as a fortnight ago, I spoke to someone... Um, it was kind of close to the situation and their view was that uh, Windass had had a fallout with the manager. Mm. 
what was it was it going to be in the plans? Couldn't see a, a future for himself there. No, I don't know what happened, whether it was maybe Cranshaw putting up a knock or what, maybe Kashina just trying something, but he's tried them as this kind of left midfielder as opposed to a left a winger. winger. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair to the, the boy, certainly on Sunday, he was excellent, took his goal well, was clever on the ball. It's been suggested to me, Scott, and I don't know what you think, whereas you've seen them, I haven't seen them, but it's been suggested to me that Windass might be a better bet playing in next to Kenny Miller. Than Herrera, possibly, but I mean, so you're then you then be looking at Miller as being your kind of main striker with Windass off him. Is that what you're saying? Yes, probably. Uh, potentially, but in terms of Sunday for the, the first game of the Premiership, he's going to go with this team again. Yeah, I mean, apart from Tavernay coming in for Hodgson if he's fit, I think I heard uh, Gavin Berry or esteemed colleague on here. Let's not go too far. He thought uh, he thought Cranchard would come back in, but I don't think so. I think Kashinia has stumbled across this fourth. That's unkind, is it not? Like, Can you not give the guy any sort of a well, credit? He's, well, he's tried. Most, yeah. He's tried most that things. Sounds, that sounds as if you're I, just churlish. No, nah, I think he has stumbled across. It. I don't think. I think he's tried. <laughs> I think he's tried every formation in, in the book <laughs> since he came in, and. Uh, it's not looked that great. He's been back to 4 2. We spoke to Lee Wallace on Monday at Hamden, and he said he's loving it because, well, let's be honest, as a player, it's the simplest formation. Yeah, well, what I'm, at, what I'm hearing is that they're extremely pleased within the camp at how solid it's made them. Yeah. Um, and Bruno, Bruno Alves has obviously made a big difference to that yeah. um, because, you know, that, that guy's a should be at this level a, Ro- a Rolls Royce sort of a defender yeah. and I think that he apparently talks very well talks the, the, the organises them really well and I think that they've yeah, th- that that's made a difference Dorans has made a big difference to the middle of the park because he's a proper football player yeah. um, but this this system as you say that he stumbled across harshly uh, <laughs> it seems to have, it seems to have tightened them right up. I don't know how many chances they're actually creating, but more than the opposition and and, and not giving away many. That, that's the key thing is that, that I mean they played against Sheffield Wednesday and Sunday. Who it's no Premier League standard, but no the English Championships a decent level. Sheffield Wednesday are one of the better teams. And it's important to remember that the Championship starts this weekend, yeah. so it's not as if they've caught them at the start no, of the pre-season. I mean, they should be at the same they, levels. They've been up to speed. I mean, Rangers probably a wee bit. You would argue a wee bit ahead because they prepared for that Europa League game, but. Well, Sheffield Wednesday will be ready to go in the Championship. I thought about a front line, no, Gary Hooper, Stephen Fletcher, Jordan Rhodes, Forestieri when, when he came on. And Rangers, really, apart from one... Harry Forestieri. <laughs> <Where's> he? That's <laughs> appeared, didn't he? Apart from one, uh, Fodry... He's last seen in Archaeos. Is that still a nightclub? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, apart from one, uh, Fodringham save, Rangers limited them to very few... Chances now, as you say, Rangers are they creating that many chances, which might be a slight concern to, to the supporters, and that's where I think they need a Jamie Walker, and for example, maybe even need an R striker. But the problem is, you to get Jamie Walker in, that would suggest to me it needs to be a change of system again. Though he's not got he, Jamie Walker wouldn't fit necessarily into this system. No. In which case, you might have to go back to a four-two-three-one. No, I think, to accommodate a I think if the 4-4-2 works, you know, if they beat Motherwell 
on Sunday. Fokker still has to be signed or nothing happens. They're going to get the Hibs game to beat Hibs at Ibrox. I think he'll stick with the 4 4 2 and see, see what it takes them for the moment because the players are happy. And if Walker were to come in, I think you would immediately see him slot into either Windass position or. Very, Kim, diff- Kim position. very different sort of player, though. If you're saying to me that Windass is playing it as a narrow midfield midfielder as opposed to a winger, Walker Walker's different from that. It, it might, may, might, no, might, might lose it. the balance and that sort of you know, the thing that's made them solid because yeah. Windass has been working. Now, while we're doing this, it's podcast obviously, but we might as well break some news while we're doing it. Um, the latest information on Jamie Walker, Scott, that I hear, and I'll ask you what you're hearing, the deal at the start of this week was really close to being finalised with Hearts in the region of £650,000. However, there's a concern on the Rangers side of this deal that the, the change of, of the manager could delay everything um, and that Hearts may now have to put this in the back burner. Rangers are waiting for the dust to settle to see if that's still the case. As of the start of this week, I think they were very hopeful of concluding this deal ahead of the Motherwell match, but now they're not so sure, and it could well depend on, on what Hearts do um, with their managerial appointment. Yeah. And that, that, that'll be a source of concern, because Rangers really wanted to get this deal yeah, done. I think that's right. I mean, if you'd have said to me a week ago that whether Jamie Walker was going to be a Rangers player, I would have had my doubts, because I think... I think Hearts have made their position clear, <coughs> certainly to the, the to, to people on the outside. They've made their position clear what they wanted. Jamie Walker had seemed to kind of settle down. He played a couple of friendly games, and I was, um, well, I wasn't sure whether it would happen or not. But for me, the key thing was last Friday when Jamie Walker's been pulled at training by Ian Cathro. Told he's not on the team. And told he's not on the team, not on the squad. And you know, I know for a fact the the, the player was. No, baffled by this and everybody was baffled yeah, by this. It was it was the last of Ian Cathro's crazy yeah, decisions. I mean he dropped he dropped his best player, Olivia, a banana skin against the Fairman, which he had to win. No, it was well it's been proved to be well, whether or not this was Ian Cathro's idea or somebody above him uh, is another it, matter, isn't to, it? To me that was the that was the trigger. Um I mean listen, I don't know what Jamie Walker's been like in training. I've interviewed the boy a couple of times. He doesn't seem to be the type that would show a bad attitude no matter what was going on uh, round about him. He was surprised, but to me that was the trigger from above at Hearts that, that they were then willing to, to do business and listen to, listen to offers, knowing uh, that he's only got, no, he's only last year each contract. And you're saying about a new manager coming in, <clears throat> and I think you're right. Rangers will need to wait to the dust set, we'll see what happens with the Hearts managerial position. But in terms of the new guy coming in, it's a bit of a dilemma because your natural instinct, I would suggest, would be to say, right, well, if I'm coming in, we keep Jamie Walker, he, he must stay because I want my best players here. I want but to you get round to January and you get the exact same problem again because he's it's, able to go as a free agent exactly. and he's told them he wants to go to Rangers. So, so, so do you take the 650000 knowing that you might lose the player on Jan- January? physically or mentally if you signed a, a P contract. Whereas that six hundred and fifty grand for a new manager might allow you, despite the fact Hearts have made a lot of signings already, that might allow the new guy to get a few a few his own in as well. Yeah. I will be an interesting one to watch. I, I'm not sure that it will get completed before the weekend. Uh, I think that's no. I, th- I think now everything will be put on hold. But but you never know Hearts act in mysterious ways. And this transfer window you know, is, is one there's been quite a lot of activity, so it's one to keep an eye on. 
Now, this brings us back because let's let's get it right. There's no point beating around the bush here. I am a Pedro skeptic, and I have been fairly consistently since the start. In fact, if you go back to last season, you know there was this this sort of a trend which Ian Carter was part of, academic coaches, uh, and Pedro Coutinho would proudly describe himself as an academic coach yeah. as well. That's not to say all academic coaches are bound, you know, doomed to fail. But Pedro Coutinho's start at Rangers wasn't impressive. It gave you serious cause for concern. And at the end of last season, you're looking forward to this scene saying, be very interested to see how it works out for Ian Cattrall and Pedro Coutinho. They, they begin the season under enormous pressure. Pedro Coutinho starts the season with the worst European result in the history of Scottish football. Yeah. I think that's arguable. Um, and Ian Cattrall begins his season by getting knocked out by Fred Cup. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been catastrophic for them both. What does Pedro Coutinho need to do? Now, clearly, there's been a good week there. There's been some pre-season friendlies. Yeah. And so that helps him because, rather, I mean, I tell you what, when he started into the, that cycle of friendlies, looking at it, what was it? Um, what was the order? Marseille, Watford, Sheffield Wednesday. Three hidings in these friendlies. Oh. And he begins this campaign in serious trouble. Yeah. That's bought him a bit of breathing space. Yeah. What does he need to do when it really starts? I I would put it to you, Scott, right away. He can't come back from Motherwell with anything else than a win. I, I don't. It might sound harsh, but I mean, I don't think he can drop any points until the first All Firm game. I mean, I think I think Rangers need to be looking at you know the the, the list of fixtures they've got before the Celtic game in September, thinking we need to win every one of these games. We need to be on a level. Par with Celtic getting into that old firm game at Ibrox. Um, I mean, even this Sunday, when Celtic playing Saturday against the hardest team in this array now, you'd imagine Celtic will win that, irrespective of how, how they got on in Europe uh, against Rosenberg. We might as well just say that we're recording this podcast just a couple of hours before Celtic run out uh, away to Rosenberg. So, Celtic will beat Hearts on Saturday, you would think. As crazy as it sounds, in the first weekend of the season, that puts, He's already got a must-win match. That puts Pedro Cachina and Rangers under huge pressure. I mean, you don't want to be, you don't want to be two points behind your main rivals after one game of the season. And you're, you're right. Look, that, that, that's not fair. In ordinary circumstances, everybody's allowed a, 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 a bit of a slow start. But when yeah. you when you add it into how last season ended, yeah. how this season begun in Europe. He's under he's under serious pressure. He, he's not left himself any regular. Last last season, with Mark Warburton started with a draw at home to Hamilton Ackies, mm. and that set the tone for the season. Tone yeah. for the rest of the season. They need to go. They need to go to Motherwell and really, really put a marker down. Now, that that doesn't mean they need to win by, by three or four goals. I mean, I think the way Rangers have set up, which we've already spoke about, one of the the. Well, one of the impressive things I thought about Sheffield Wednesday game, even though it was a friendly, was that 2-0, he killed the game off. He just shut the game down. Mm. I mean, Kishina actually, it was almost like he treated it like a league game in the sense that with 10 minutes to go, he put Danny Wilson on at the back, made it a 5-4-1, mm-hmm. just cl- closed the game off. So if Rangers can get into that kind of winning position against Motherwell or against Hibs or Hearts you know, in the next couple of weeks, if they show that kind of resilience, you know, that kind of solidity that they can close these games off, keep clean sheets, 
then they'll get a chance. My 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 big concern for Kick Senior since Dave Dot his first arrived was I wasn't sure watching the team that the players understood what he was asking of them. Have you seen signs in these last couple of games that you've watched that yes, that's the key, that's the key. They, thing. they get it. That, that, that's the key thing. I, I said a few weeks ago in the Sunday Mail. It doesn't matter how how good a coach he is or how good a coach or importantly the Rangers board. Believe him to be. If the players don't buy into it, then it's not even buying into it. It's understanding it. Yeah. They, they look confused they're by like, it. They, it looked overly complicated. Yeah, it's both. And don't you think of that progress game in Luxembourg? I think, well, clearly Rangers were a better team than, than Progress, and they should have won. They showed they were a far better team in the first leg, even though they only won 1-0. But it, it would have been a worry for Rangers fans to think that those players in that dressing room before the Progress away game, no, clearly didn't believe in the manager enough to think, even though we're not playing well, even though we're not happy with the system, or a couple of the players that came in, you would have thought they would have got themselves over the line. And I thought at the time that was a big... Professional pride, yeah, you're talking that, about. that was a big worry. That, you know, they'd so, it looked as if they'd so little belief in the guy that they couldn't get themselves over that, that relatively small hurdle. But I think, as I said, after speaking to, to Lee Wallace and the other day and hearing things coming out, and the, the interviews now are a lot more positive coming out of Rangers. The 4-4-2, this system... Slotting guys in, no, I know Windass is playing slightly out of position, but everybody else. And nobody knows what his position is. Well, everybody else is playing in their proper position. What is Dean? What is Dean Windass? What is Josh Windass's best? You know, his normal. But I've, 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 I'm you know, yet to see it. Well, I mean, I thought he was an, an attacking midfielder, like in a number ten when he came, but we've not really seen any of that yet. Mm. Um, but listen, I think he's young enough. Um, yes, I spoke. You know, I spoke to. Graham Dorans recently, and he said, you know, having only been in the place a few weeks, he, uh, Windass was the one guy that surprised him. him. Mm-hmm. Impressed him. He wasn't, didn't expect him to be as kind of technically Okay, so where are, where are we then? With you? Because, listen, credit to him, I'll give, I'll, I'll give Pedro Senior credit in this case that there must be a real temptation for him, having gone all Portium X on everybody during his, his early you know, first few weeks of that transfer uh, window, bringing in you know players from Mexico, Portugal, etc., et and the, the the Colombian Morales that's playing in um, was it Finland. There must be an enormous temptation for him, having spent and there was quite a few quid spent there um, on Pena, etc., et yeah. as well, to shoehorn these guys in and take out you know Windass. Well, you need to come out because you know you're, yeah. you're the previous managers. Kenny Miller, well, you need to come out yeah. because you know you're not the future, and you're you know another guy's player, and get all his guys in. I, I credit him with realizing that that's not necessarily the way to go unless these guys are all world beaters. The suggestion is that most of them are far from world beaters, yeah. and that's why they're not in that team. That that would that's, that's a level of concern there as well. Have you seen enough of of the guys like Pena, like Morales? Um, you've seen enough of uh, Herrera up front. Yeah. Um, the, 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 obviously, Bruno Alves and Cardoza at the back. They look. look what is that enough. fair enough to say? That Cardoza has been impressing next to yeah. Alves. I, I would say so. I mean, oh, Candias is the other one. Candias has surprised a few in the last few weeks, just because 
I mean, after the, the progress, the, the progress second leg in Luxembourg, you know, there was a temptation to write Candias off because him and Daltio just looked... Daltio, they, they just looked no hopers, um, Daltio in particular. But to Candias' credit, he's come in the last couple of friendlies, um, you know, give credit where he's due, he's a grafter, he's not a typical winger and you know, he's not tricky and, and kind of tries to beat players with... With fancy flicks and stuff, he's he's a grafter and he's got pace. He's no scared to work back maybe and help his help his right back and a so decent partnership for him between him and Tavernier on that right hand. Looked, looked decent against against Marseille. Um, so the spine of the team, as you said earlier, now looks strong. Alves and Cardozo, Jack and Dorans mm-hmm. forming a really good partnership in the middle, and obviously Miller up front. Um, the other guys you mentioned. <clears throat> I mean, Pena is the interesting one because from what we hear, he's the one they've spent money on. The, the, the most big, money on. Big transfer mm-hmm. fee, big wages. Now, <clears throat> Kashina might have got lucky in the sense that, as we've said, these last couple of games have looked impressive. You know, the shape looks good. This might actually buy him a bit of time to get Carlos Pena up to full speed. I mean, he didn't even go off the bench at Hillsborough on Sunday. If you're a Rangers fan going down there, you want to see this as a, the new central midfielder. No, you want to, you want to see him. You're hearing no lots about him, so they've been dis- they've been disappointed. No, to see any of them, but maybe the guy's not fit yet. He's taking a bit of time to settle. I know he doesn't speak much English, if at all. So this might just give him a bit of time. Morelos is similar. Morelos is young. He's only twenty. Can maybe afford to give him a wee bit more time to settle in. But the three key ones I would suggest are... Has, has Morelos been seen since Luxembourg? Uh, yeah, well, he came on against Marseille. Really? Uh, and had a couple of chances. And then he came on. He was only on for the last five minutes, uh, I think. Because that was a wholly unimpressive so, debut. Yeah. I mean, that, that as ba- as, maybe as bad a debut as I've seen. That 45 minutes would have been a worry. As I say, he's, he's only young, so you, you need to kind of give him a chance. But for, for 45 minutes in Luxembourg... Caught offside far too often. Could he get himself sent off? His touch was poor. Yeah, um, he didn't look great. To be fair, as I say, he's came on. He's came off the bench in a couple of games and looked half decent. Mm-hmm. Um, Listen, it's unfair. It's completely unfair. Nobody can actually no. judge these players at this time. That's so. What I'm asking you to do is a kind of marks out of ten so far. Yeah. You can't judge. It's, it's completely unfair to judge any of these new guys at this point. They, yeah. they need time to bed in, especially. A young guy that's, yeah. that's only 20 years old. But I think, you know, that is right, but I think over time, you know, in the next next month or so, you know, you're going to need to see something for these guys to justify the justify the money. I mean, when you think of Pena and Herrera, for instance, I mean, they're two guys, two Mexicans that Cachina signed because he knew them. And these two guys, I would imagine, you know, he would have expected them to go straight into his team. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think of Alvarez and Cardozo at centre-back, Pena and Dorans, if you like, centre mid, and uh, Herrera and Morelos up front. So he needs these guys to start performing eventually. I think Dalcio being in loan for Benfica, he can get away with. Do you know what, Scott? Do you know what? Do you know what he needs? All he needs is to win matches. Exactly. And, and it doesn't matter what no, players come into that matter. system, what individuals he's, he's relying upon. Nobody all he needs to do is start this season yeah. winning football matches and Nobody that takes question, all the pressure off. Nobody will question the money they spent on Peña, even if he's not seen, mm-hmm. if, they, if they've won every game mm-hmm. up until that first Old Firm game. Mm-hmm. So, 
you're right, he's, he's got to get off to a, he's got to get off to a flyer against Motherwell. Um, and I can see them as much as I'm saying they're not creating chances. I don't think they'll score a lot of goals on Sunday, but I can see them getting past Motherwell, whether it be a 1-0 or a 2-0. And that then takes them into the Hibs game at home, which I actually think it will be a different proposition altogether. Mm-hmm. Hibs at Ibrox, first time they've met since the, since the cup Scottish fight. Cup final. Neil Lennon going to Ibrox, Anthony Stokes now back at Hibs. I mean, that, Hibs, Hibs are looking. Hibs, Hibs, Hibs will be a top six size, I have uh, no question. No that. question. And I actually <coughs> think you're right because I, I'm tipping Motherwell to be involved in a, a battle against relegation yeah. all season long. Them and Hamilton, I expect to be the two at the bottom. Hibs, on the other hand, I expect to be making a real push. Yeah. Top six and pushing for top four. Definitely. And that, that game, Rangers Hibs at Ibrox, three o'clock. I mean, Saturday's looks a, a, an absolute cracker. Um, and if Cachinia, no, even if he beat Motherwell, if Cachinia was then to lose, no, and Neil Lennon celebrating the, the corner with the, with the Hibs fans, then, as we spoke about right at the beginning, the pressure comes right back on. And, mm. and then, again. and then, and then, a Hearts potentially with new management yeah. installed. So you know, he's, it's not, it's not, it's hardly a comfortable start to the season. Nah. His most comfortable match could well be Motherwell away. Yeah, his nah, most winnable one, because so. the, the expectations become, become we playing at home, and for the reasons we've spoke about, that that kind of Hearts Hearts double header in the space of a week uh, is going to be going to be crucial. Scott, you're starting to work up a sweat just thinking about this, isn't it? I can see a, 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 a look of panic. <laughs> That's it for this episode. For all the up-to-the-minute football news as it happens, follow Record Sport on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or visit us at thedailyrecord.co.uk. We'll be back soon with all the latest talking points from Ibrox, Okinawa and beyond. If you want to get the podcast as soon as they go online, please subscribe at iTunes, Audioboom, or any other good podcasting platform. Thanks for listening.